Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray. Buckle up and get ready to take it deep on life, relationships, parenthood, and everything in between. Join in with me to feel deeply, provoke your inner spirit, and laugh or cry because we all know it's a pretty fine line. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Time Adulting Podcast. We have today one of my favorite people on Instagram, um, a person who I now call a friend, Nikki Marie IG, is here with us today. You might already be following her. You probably are. You would recognize her from her off-the-cuff, real rawness, silly, goofy spirit on Instagram. And I just, I, I fell in love with her when I saw a post of her doing um, a drop-off, like, reenactment with her coffee mug. You get your mug and you're looking at the other moms and you're like, you're my type of mom, I know you. If you look like this for school drop-off line, like if you've committed to no teeth brushing, no bra, Lucky if you get shoes on, pea coat over the oversized thing, a, a Duncan scrunchie in there. Like it's usually the boss of Duncan. Have a great day, son. I love you. Hi, Miss Charlotte. I'm out in the wild like this. Please stand up if you're with me because I saw a few moms this morning that definitely didn't get me and a few others that did. <laughs> so, Nikki, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I listen, I feel you. I saw your content and I was like, I like her. I totally oh. get her stuff. And there is, there's just a, a mutual feeling there. So thank you for having me. Yeah. So there's actually, there's a lot actually more about you that I haven't mentioned yet at this point, but, um, you were a division one college athlete, very successful in your athletic career. Um, you coached, you taught, um, what was you, you taught about sports coaching, marketing, right? sports marketing, Adjunct sports marketing, professor, yes, professor Nikki, <laughs> professor Nikki, um, you were a corporate businesswoman, and now you have put all of your eggs into social media. You're doing this thing, the doing the fucking damn thing right now. You've got 2 million followers on TikTok. You've got a shit ton of followers on Instagram. I don't know what you're at now, almost 200,000 or something like that, but you're, you're kicking ass. Thank you. Yeah. I'm putting all the eggs in the basket. That's what you can say. I have no idea what to call this and it still feels funny. And I think you feel the same way. It's like, wait, what do you do for a living? Oh, I, I create content. Yeah, I say that. That's what I say. I'm a digital creator. (laughs) But I wouldn't also, I would not dare use the term influencer. No, it's that's not that's not either of us, I wouldn't say. Sometimes it comes out and then you're like, damn, you know, here's what I want to own as like a a strong woman. I feel like I've always been influential because I am passionate about the shit I talk about, no matter what. Like, go back to the days of college. Good for you. Go back to the days of college. Like, I had this book of CDs, and it was like the (laughs) pregame CD book. And I kind of was like the DJ of the room. And that's you're influencing. The environment. Yeah, like, let's hype up this motherfucking locker room right now. Yes. 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 Bring the noise. Absolutely. What's going to go on? Uh, warm up tape. I said, yes. Tape. It was a tape back in the day. Yeah. yeah you can influence tape. and it's for good because you're bringing other people into like 
your happy moment. So let's think of it that way. Yeah. And I don't mean that as like a dig on anyone who is an influencer like that, because I respect the game out there of like, you know, people making a living because you put a ton of time and effort into this job, actually. And it's you, it's your face every day. It's your voice, it's your face. So there's a lot of like pressure on that. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah. Once, once, listen, it was fun when I started it because, you know, and it was easy when I started because it was just for fun. And now trying to create a career out of it, I'm still getting used to like what that means and how it looks like and trying to not let the pressure take over the moments of content. Right. So it's this balance of all of these things. And we're still learning so much about what this creator industry looks like. It is a crazy, huge creator economy that they're even talking about on LinkedIn and like, why not dive in? Because I never want to look back and go, what could I have done? You know, now I'm like, I'm in it. Yeah. It's got to be, you know, like one of the bigger industries out there now in terms of, certainly in terms of advertising. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your motherhood journey also, because it's like a pretty deep, some pretty deep shit going on there, right? You are the mother, you are the mother of two children, Leila and Jason, they're uh, eight and six, right? Yep. And, uh, but there's a lot more to that story. So you had five miscarriages. Um, Your first pregnancy was twins that you lost at 20 weeks. I cannot imagine that then two short-term miscarriages before and after your daughter. And then your son was a twin that you delivered a stillborn baby. Yes. Um, and this was all in a three year time span from 2013 to 2016. Yes. And then you went through a divorce. And so now, you know, you're not, I know you're not a solo parent, but you are parenting solo. Um, when you're parenting, which is the majority of the time, what the fuck, how does, where does that put you now? Like, are you stronger than ever? Are you softer than before? What is it? What's it like to have been through all of that and be on the other side of it now? Yeah. I'll be honest with you when you're saying it out loud and I'm hearing it, I get like, I'm choked up because I'm like, how the fuck did I do any of this? Right. But I think strong, you know, just being, I've always been a strong woman and believer in myself and a believer in the world around me. And I think that just comes from my upbringing. I grew up in a very safe, happy, loving environment. So I feel like, thank God I was given the tools to be able to Mm -hmm. cope and know that I could come out of like dark times. Mm -hmm. I also think I'm a person that, um, sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss in a way where my first miscarriage of twins at 20 weeks was the first real big thing in my life that I had to overcome, if that makes sense. You know, like kind of, my life was amazing. I I say it with so much um, honor and so much gratitude. My life was amazing. I grew up in the eighties. I had a ton of good friends. I had an amazing experience with my parents, my grandparents, like my upbringing was picture perfect. And then I, you know, I went off to become the all American full scholarship, like athlete at one of the the school, my top choice school and had all these friends and teammates. And then, you know, what, 
worked my way up the corporate ladder by being a workhorse, a blue collar kid who was willing to like put in the grind to whatever I needed to do and the athletic mentality into my work. Like it was my own. And all of a sudden yeah. I got the title and, and the car and, and, you know, then my, my husband and I were looking for houses and we found our first house and it was like, I knew like everything was going well. And I was pregnant with twins and I figured, Oh, somebody said to me, when they found out it was a boy and a girl, my first pregnancy, I'll never forget this. One of my really good friends said, of course, it's a boy and a girl. Why would your life not get even more perfect than it already is? Yeah. But can I say something? Because I feel like you're discrediting yourself in a little bit of that assumption of like the, you know, kind of easy, if you will, like life up until that point, I think that has a lot to do with who you are as a person. I think you are somebody who would never play the victim. And that is actually exactly who you continue to be. That's not who you are, despite what you actually have now been through over the last handful of years. And you rise above, like you're a fighter. So I don't think you ever would like, let that be your story. Like it wouldn't, I don't think you would ever fucking really let anything get you down. Right. Yeah. I'm. I, you're, that's a really great point. It's yeah. It's weird to think about. You almost have to go out of body to think about this whole thing. But yeah, my, I've always been driven, right? Whatever yeah. I put my mind to. And my mind, when I was going, when I went through that first miscarriage was, everything's going to be okay. This happened for a reason. And, you know, like you just, you do all the stuff. It's called coping mechanisms, of course. Right. Um, and, but to hear it play back, it's like, wow. So your question was really, has it made you stronger? Hell yes. Has it made me a more mindful, sometimes overly worried mom? Hell yes. Has it made me appreciate every fucking second with my kids? Hell yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's made me exactly who I am today. Like good, bad, or indifferent. So which is also so clear, by the way, like how much how fiercely you love your children. Yeah. And I, I get that on my Instagram a lot as well from people who really know you and follow you that way. Um, and sort of see you on the daily with your kids on your stories and stuff like that. But there is that whole element of being a creator and posting something that's like making fun of kids or whatever, which of course we both fucking do every day as well. But like, there are those, you know, those internet trolls who like to chime in and you're not like, I got, and they're like, I feel like those are like the, the uh, little seaweed people like owned by Queen Ursula, like with a keyboard. Yeah. And they're just, they're going and creating a literal story based on a short video. And it's not like they're taking the time to look at the rest of your post or your story. So you got to just, I know you got to let it roll off your back. Yep. Totally. Yes. Like a seal, like water off a seal. (laughs) (laughs) So we did also do a couple of questions on um, my new fucking hotline. I love big time. And I'm going to, um, instead of playing them, because they were like longer messages, I'm going to summarize them and in, in the questions that we got. So I'm going to start with the first one, um, which was from a mom in Massachusetts was who was uh, very complimentary of you and I, and she was very excited that we were going to be on this podcast together. So thank you for calling so in. Sweet. She has three kids, ages nine, seven, and five. 
her oldest is has autism and had and she's been having a hard time maintaining patience with her middle child who's a daughter and she was kind of like looking for tips to not lose your shit um so i think we all go through that right like but do you what do you think? Cause I, I, I want to know what you think about this too. Cause I have yeah, my, thoughts of my own, but I want to hear what you have to say. Reaction is for a, it's okay to lose your shit. Sometimes I lose yeah. my shit. I boil up do. to a point where, you know, my daughter will see me react and I'll have to say to her, I'm not actually mad at you. I'm frustrated with myself because I didn't I didn't have a a better reaction to this moment. I didn't anticipate this. This is my first time being a mother of an eight and a six-year-old. So we're learning this together, right? So I kind of like get down on her level and have a conversation with her or my son when I do flip out. I just own it. Like we're a team. We're a team. We're a family. I don't treat them like they're peons because they're small than me. So I think first, it's like, it's okay to lose your shit and it's okay to also own it to your kids and let them know you're human and you have feelings, strong feelings sometimes. And then the second thing is I notice that with my daughter, especially, right. This is about her daughter who's seven. Yeah. So my daughter is eight. And I um, notice that from birth to six, my daughter looked at me like I was a Disney princess. Like I was the perfect person and everything I did was right. And she just wanted to be around me all the time. And like, she looked up to me, I could tell. And then all of a sudden there's this seven and eight year olds. They're like first and second grade. They're learning new things. They're meeting new friends. They're becoming more independent in their thoughts. And I noticed that there with that, there's a little bit of a natural distance. And I don't think of it as a bad thing. I think of it as like, you're letting the kite go a little bit further into the air And it's beautiful at times, but it's also scary because you want her to still be your like baby. So my advice is try to form one-on-one bonding time with that child. I don't know if there's a village or any single support person at all in this woman's life, but I took my daughter skiing last week and I use this as an example. We had one-on-one time in the car without electronics. She created the playlist. She picked the songs. We listened to those together. We went on the ski slope together when she wanted lunch after one ski down. Like we went one ski down and she's like, mom, I'm hungry. Can we do lunch now? I kind of said yes as much as I could that day because it wasn't anything that was, what's the point? Oh no, we got to do three more runs before we have lunch. So I just kind of let her have her mom daughter bonding day. And I put no limitations on it as long as it was safe for both of us. And let me tell you, our entire week since that has been lovely because I think she felt seen and heard and cared about. And just sometimes they need, us women sometimes need a little different attention. So that's kind of my advice is getting that bonding time. I could not agree with you more. I think you're so spot on with that one-on-one time and how much it sort of changes, like shifts their, um, mentality to know that they have your full undivided attention to do something special. My daughter like completely requires that. And I will say from a really similar perspective as this mom, cause we were in a like very similar wheelhouse ages, genders type thing because, and her first is autistic. And while I have a very different situation with my first, he went through, you know, his cancer treatment and all of that. And he's 
a kid who I just have, um, such a a soft spot for all of the time. And he also deserves it because he's like, acts like an angel pretty much all of the time. Like it's, it's almost concerning. I'm like, can you kind of mess up a little bit more buddy? But, um, and then my daughter who is also completely awesome, but she's more of like herself. Like she doesn't like, um, you know, no think in advance what would make mom happier in this situation or whatever she reacts she's fiery she's um impulsive all of that stuff which i love about her but it can make it more challenging than parenting my elder child and then lukey's the baby he's fucking nuts but he's a baby you know so i'm like oh he's the baby he's not a baby anymore he's almost four but you know what i mean he just gets a lot of free passes because he's the youngest so there's like this like thing with the middle it's like there's the soft spot for the older who's been through so much. And then there's like the baby and then you're the middle and it it is a thing, the middle child thing. And, um, I find that she can really push my buttons in other ways because she maybe doesn't get that free pass. Like the other two do a little bit. And I feel fucking awful about that often. Um, and she's a girl. So maybe it's like a mother, like a girl, girl thing. Like I put pressure, more pressure on her within my mind to be totally way or something. I'm I'm different with my son than I am my daughter. And I have to catch myself at times. Yeah. Like you expect more or something in a way. Um, but I, what you said with the one-on-one time, that is literally what it requires for us to get back to home base together a lot. And just like, feel the full love um she needs attention she needs special mom time yeah I think it's knowing also like what your kids you said it like whether it's a gender thing or just what their interests are you can't assume that your three kids are going to want to do the same thing they never want to do the same thing at the same time right almost never right so this there's two things here is like my son my one-on-one time with my son sometimes it looks as simple as me sitting down and watching him play his favorite video game. And just, he loves knowing that he could show me the trick door or the thing yeah. that he just learned or what he uses points for. Like he loves that. And he loves playing guess who and Uno. Those are some yeah. more games he likes. My daughter, none of those things she would want. She wants to go get her nails done or she wants to go to the dollar store to go get knickknacks and whatnot, or she wants to go on an adventure. So they have different love languages and it's not their job to communicate those to us because they're learning communication. It's our job to get on their level and really understand what, like what means a lot to them. It's different than even our own desires. Yeah. And I think with kids, like each of them have their own, like you're saying, they have their own personalities, their own things that they like. And that, um, our job as parents is to also learn to fully accept who that child is without like your ego being imposed on it and what you think, um, somebody should be like, or act like, and just, I think that the more, like when I find myself getting to a point where I'm going to lose my shit or whatever, I'm like, I have to fully accept this child for who they are. Like, that's not necessarily like wrong or naughty. Like, this is just something that's being triggered within me right now. That's sort of pissing me off a little bit. Yeah. You know? and it's probably because we weren't allowed, like, you know, my parents, I, I grew up very 
mostly free spirited. Like my grandparents were traditional and they had their, like, you knew just based on getting a look that something was like, don't do that. Yeah. But I can knock it off. I think today kids are more, they're more vocal. And I deep down, I have to remember, like I was a people pleaser, right? I was agreeable. I didn't want people to know if something they did bothered me. So I kind of just internalized it. And my daughter wants me to know how she feels and she doesn't care if it causes me a feeling. I have to remember we're in a world where like, let's harness that a little bit (laughs) because just because I didn't have that doesn't mean I don't want her to have that. Totally. It's It's actually evolution of, yeah. Coming to terms with the fact that things have changed that way and it's maybe for the better. I mean, and then I think you and I have talked about this plenty of times before. It's just like all the like kind of overload of information on parenting styles and like, at some point you just follow your instinct. Right. And sometimes I feel like, Oh my God, sometimes my instinct is to be too hard ass because of the generation that I grew up in and the background that I grew up in that kind of thing. And then I know within myself, like when I act that way to my kids, it doesn't sit right. It doesn't actually feel right. You know? So I'm like, this isn't me not like being strong enough with them or something. It's me being like, overbearing on this. You know, I think I need to relax a little bit oh, yeah. on that stuff. Yeah. You know? No, I'm with you. My daughter the other day, I was like, did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? Did you both brush your teeth? She's like, mom. Yes. And I go, you know what? I'm, you're right. I'm sick of hearing myself ask. Like, <laughs> it's okay to call each other out, but it's in a, there's also can be a respectful tone there too. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. And then one yes. thing I wanted to add is a really cute idea for those parents when we mentioned like the one-on-one time. I've always been intrigued because I think what we see in content, Caitlin, is we see a lot of moms tell us how they are breaking the cycle or they're trying to create this different bond between their kids than they had with their own parents, right? And that's great, but it feels to me, and this is no offense to anyone trying to do that, but it's a little bit like a guinea pig situation. We're like, we're trying all these new approaches. We don't know what the bond's going to be. I like to look at mother, let's just say a mother and a, and a daughter who are an adult daughter. When I see a super tight bond between an adult mother and an adult daughter, I always have to wonder like, what, how did that bond happen? Right. And um, I've got a friend who used to work for, she used to work for me. And she and her mom had this crazy, amazing relationship where it wasn't like hovering mom, but it was like they wanted to do things together. And she was in her late 20s, had her kids. The mom was the grandma, but she and her daughter still did once a month on a Sunday, a mystery ride. So when she was growing up, the mom once a month took her without her brothers, took her on a mystery ride. And the mom would take her somewhere that she didn't know where they were going. It could have been out to lunch. It could have been to the zoo. It could have been like something random. And it's something that they still have going in their like adulthood as mom and grandma. That's so awesome. I think that also the same, what you're saying about mothers and daughters, like in adult relationships, I think about that stuff all of the time because I, I am close with both of my parents. And I also know that my upbringing, there were times that, I can absolutely remember like my parents losing their shit or, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's not, it, 
it's it doesn't determine the future. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you lost your shit today and now our relationship's never going to be okay again. It's like, you know, they're still there for you. you. They keep coming back. They keep showing you love, you know, like the repair is what yeah. is really the yeah. determining factor, I think, for the future. Yeah. My, um, my grandparents, so if there's any test of who I want to be to my kids, it's really the, I can't, my parents were very young when they had me and they were still figuring all this stuff out. And I'm super tight with both of my parents. But when I think about what I want to be for my kids, it's more in line with like what my grandparents gave to me. I always, even in my twenties, I'd come home from college. And one of the first places I'd want to go was just show up at grandma's door. And there didn't have to be an announcement that I was coming. There didn't have to be anything planned. It was just the feeling of like knowing no matter what, that I would be comfortable there and it felt like home. So like you said, we don't remember specific moments, but we remember the feeling of something. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to create for my kids every day is just that feeling of consistency and that they know I'm going to be there. Yeah. And we're all a little fucked up, right? (laughs) Everyone's a little (laughs) fucked up. So yeah, show me a perfect person and I will show you a unicorn. That's not, that's not real. Another question that came in that I want to direct uh, more specifically towards you, and I'm happy to chime in on this, but um, I wanted to ask you for people who can relate to not feeling fulfilled in their marriage, how did you make the decision to split up versus staying together? Kids are involved. Ginormous life decision. Oh, okay. So we were together for a, for a while when things were not good, right? Like the, the dis, we'll just use the word disconnect. I okay. felt alone. He felt alone. Everybody felt alone, but kids. <laughs> okay. So I think there are a lot of people who reach out to me personally in my inbox saying, wow, how'd you make that move? Because I'm feeling like I don't know how to make it, but I don't have like just the, the, the love is not there in the marriage. And that makes me really sad because what I wanted in my life more than almost anything was like the husband and the kids. I, I yeah. that's, that's what I always wanted. It's what I thought I was going to have. So what I would just say to somebody, I wouldn't give advice, but if I were talking to this person, I'd be like, okay, what are the things? Like, what is, what has happened to get you here? Is it having kids and you're on different pages about what their, what parenting looks like? What bedtime routines look like? Are you co-sleeping? Are you both on the same page with that? Typically when a marriage with kids is, is crumbling apart, there are just two different sets of expectations in each person's head. And I think if I were to be a psychologist of divorce and relationship theories, it would be that both couples aren't communicating. Neither of the people know how to communicate their needs and wants. Mm -hmm. And if one is, the other's defensive and maybe abandons the issue because it's like too much to talk about. So I would just say, what really is the problem? Can it, does it deserve fixing I would fix every fucking marriage if I could. Yeah. I would say, fix it. Find a way. If you love this person, you know, if there's love there and there's trust there and this, this the faithfulness thing, 
if that's all there and there are just some problems with labor, invisible labor and people feeling like, oh God, I'm doing all the stuff and I'm exhausted and he doesn't see it that way. That I think you got to, you got to get on the same page with communication and seek therapy and find a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's really broken and there's, say there's infidelity or there's just two completely different people and you're afraid that you're going to stay together for the kids and then be alone later in life, I would say that's, <laughs> it's something that it's your own journey. There's no advice I can give for leaving or staying. It's like, right. you've got to look within, right? You've got to look within and know what you want out of life. And is it with this person or not? Yeah. It's really hard. And it comes, I think at its own timing. I think sometimes what I see in, uh, in marriages that are kind of like deteriorating is this like creeping in of toxicity that becomes a level of like, you know, when there's something, you know, outside of infidelity or some major, you know, abuse or something like that situation going on, which is just like obvious reasons to not be in a marriage with a person like this level of maybe toxicity that creeps in over building resentment at time after time that gets to a point where you don't like each other anymore because you've allowed it to go so far without doing what you're saying is to communicate before your expectations go too far in two different directions. Right. So it's like, if something's starting to wear on you and to say it in a way that's going to be receptive to the other person, not an attack, you know, not like a, a, to, to try to think about where the other person's coming from while you're expressing your own grievance. Right. But I think like, you know, people get competitive, people keep score absolutely, and it gets, it can get to be super toxic. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it could be where the couple is, is even doing therapy and both saying in therapy that they're on the same page. Um, but I do think a lot of this goes back to each individual person's like upbringing. Some people can't accept love the way one person wants to give it. It's a yeah. theory. It's, it's just a huge topic. Everybody's got their individual journey and it's so deep. There's so many layers to it. You know, yeah. but I, I don't think that any woman, I'll just say from a woman's perspective, I don't think that there's any woman who can walk away from a marriage with kids unless they know themselves entirely. If they don't know who they are, how can you walk away and feel like, yes, this is the right decision for me. If you do the deep work on who you are, what your values are in life, the life you see for yourself. And if it's not possible with that person, that's, that's really the only way you could walk away with strength is if you've done individual work. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right though. And it is all based on like an individual experience and it's impossible to say any like one thing to a group. Right. But it's, um, you know, the themes I think are there is what you're saying. But it's like the, what do they say? The, the theory of, or the term for when you keep repeating the same stuff over and over and expecting different results. Vicious cycles. Like, like that's the, the, Oh, insanity. Insanity is you're doing something over and over and over and expecting different results. Right. That's what I will say. I was stuck in, I was stuck in that cycle of like, well, every milestone will change this or, Oh, every birthday will change this or every freaking Christmas or, and 
you got to find a point where you, you just say, nope, I'm stopping the cycle, whether it's I'm taking a break and there's a separation that comes before the actual, like I am now tapped out of this relationship. Yeah. Because then there's no saving. Once a woman taps out, <laughs> I really yeah. believe there's no saving it. Yeah. My parents are divorced and that's basically what happened, I would say, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that being said, they're both really happy now and they're friends now and I'm have a great relationship with both of them. So yep. things can also just be completely fine down the yep. road. Yes. Anyway, I if you for anyone who's listening now that didn't listen to my previous episode, we cover a lot on that when I talked with a a marital like sex expert, this guy Aaron Stein, um, Steinberg, when he was great. So, the last thing I want to ask you about today is what is the most controversial topic you post about on Instagram? Ooh, booze, booze, booze. You yeah, know? say more, say more. So I, I just I I feel you know I probably have to do a little bit more like consumer research on this, but my feeling is there are so many men who post and dads, you see dads all the time with beers and hands and hanging out with friends and going to the golf course and not one person shames that A dad, dad. Okay. Yes. And then what happens with, with me, for example, and I noticed it, I've got a friend, Lauren, who, um, she does a lot of content on booze. Like she gets marketing brand deals with booze. Cause she does like the taste test and everything. She and I compared notes and, um, there's a lot of negativity when it comes to women who drink, whether we say we have one drink a week or whether we're, you know, whatever it is, there's an impression of a woman, especially when she's a mom, if there's booze in her videos, or if there's a joke about me drinking wine at the end of the long day, or, um, or me doing my drunken Duncan, I do like a spoof on drunken yeah. Duncan and I put, you know, mixers in the, the coffee. And here's the thing. I don't like the negative comments cause it makes me feel, um, bad for people who do have a problem. Right. Right. So there's that. I want to respect that. Yes. Alcohol is not a good thing. It really isn't. It brings on a lot of negative shit in people's lives, in everybody's lives. But that's not my intent when I put it out. I'm lucky that I have a great relationship with with fun. I just do. I have a good, I'm very lucky, Balanced. you know, in control of that situation. And I, I'm like such a lightweight. I barely drink. But um, I guess it's just that. That has turned from something just fun, loving, and easy. And what I know it is in my life into a space where people are like, this is an example of what not to be. And I'll see these comments and think, oh my God, you have no idea who I am or what my life really looks like. And you are putting that on there. And then the amount of comments under it supporting that, like just sometimes can ruin my day, to be quite honest with you. I one time posted about um, having a glass of wine at the end of the day in motherhood and how it just like makes me feel like a better mom. Now, I want to go back to this and saying, um, when I was home with my little kids, um, and my son was sick and, um, then we went into COVID times and I was trapped inside of my house for essentially five years with little kids. I 
felt the need to pour a glass of wine at the, at five o'clock or whatever in a way that was like, I need to switch. I need to flip the switch right now and relax a little bit. And that was what that sort of signaled for me. Like I made it to the end of another day here. And in a time that I will be honest with you was not enjoyable for me in motherhood. It was really hard. Yeah. I love the shit out of my kids, but day in and day out with three kids, one of them in cancer treatment at home, trying to create structure for them, playtime activities outside, another fucking nature walk, another fucking game with cardboard boxes all day, every day for so many years. I was like, this is not what I'm, I'm really good at. I realized, you know? Um, so I felt like that end of the day glass of wine was like a real release for me. I don't, I don't usually drink during the week anymore now because I know my kids are out of the house. I'm like, we're going, doing stuff. We're going, I'm dropping off. I'm driving around. I'm busy and I love it. Like it's a completely new phase for me. And so, but I think what, I think a lot of women moms get into that point of where I was at and maybe it was not a glass of wine. Maybe it was a bottle of wine every night or that kind of thing. There was there, the off switch went, went off, which I can see how easily that can happen for sure. Um, but I'm with you on like that being a controversial topic and the, um, double standard for women versus men in that space, which is sort of horseshit because I definitely still like to have a few cocktails, especially on the weekends and stuff, let my hair down a little bit if I go out with friends or my husband. Um, but you know, it's, it, it really ruffles people's feathers. Yeah. And it's, you know, it does. And I think we have to remember in like country, like say Italy, it's kind of like a culture thing where you can have a glass of wine with your meal and it's part of the experience. Yeah. We've seen too much of like the bad moms who they're yeah. out like, and they're out yeah, girls night out and leave the kids behind. Like that is so opposite me that it's hard yeah. when it's pinned on me. Right. Right. Like that's what our culture looks like is there's this bad mom movement. Matter of fact, I belong on like the really fucking good mom movement. If there is that, (laughs) no, and and there's wine there too sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize because I know myself and I didn't realize something so innocent in nature could turn into like a negative perception. So I've learned a lot from that. I've learned a lot about the way people quickly react to what they're seeing because of their triggered, it's triggering something within them. Yeah, content is going to make people think about their own shit. (laughs) Yeah, people have a really hard time with like um, anything that's looking like you're normalizing cavalier drinking, you know, Um, which is, I don't know, it it is, you're right. They are also my posts that do the best. So, So they come hand in hand. There's a lot of people looking, oh my God, yes. They see it as like, Oh, fun. We have a whole hockey tournament this weekend. It would be great to have a little something with the other moms to like bond. Yeah. There are a majority of people look at it as like lighthearted, but then it also comes with, you know, those others. So that's my most controversial topic. I kind of keep it. I try to avoid controversy, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I mean, there are, there are the things that like we were talking about with, there's just people who are going to be offended by something all the time. And you just can't always be keeping that in the back of your mind, um, because it will really inhibit you from posting, you know, but, um, I'm with you on that with the booze being the controversial topic. I did want that one post that I made, I had like a slew of, um, like sober moms coming after me for that. Like that is not a safe message to say. And it made me really think about the way that I ever post about alcohol. I mean, I think that if you follow me, you can tell that if it's the weekend or whatever, I'm having a beer at, at Prey Ski with after, you know, when I've been skiing, cause I would be doing it if I were at the beach, which is where I would rather be, but, <laughs> um, that kind of thing, you know? And so people know that I, that I'm a drinker, a social drinker, but, um, I am careful not to promote like the mommy wine culture yeah. because yeah. I do think it can be toxic and, and, and harmful to people who um, say, you know, Oh, it's okay to have wine at the end of the day, but without being specific about how much wine, you know? Completely. <laughs> yeah. Completely, yes. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. And, and then again, I am also, I overdo it sometimes. Like it's not like I don't ever wake up with a hangover. So than that with kids just being Ooh. honest oh fuck. Yeah. oh it's no good no good um all right well those were the questions i wanted to ask you we banged right through those now. i love it i'm so proud of you you're all you got this all but you got a schedule you got i mean a plan. it's pretty loose yeah but, but it's well, good this is good yeah working on it um well thanks again for coming you're Thank the best. You. You're the best. Um, I'm excited to keep, we'll, we'll do this again. Definitely. And I get to yeah. see you this summer. That's going to be. I know. Just Nikki and I are going to be at a mom conference together this summer. Yes. The Mother Collective, MTHR. Um, reach out to either of us if you want to hear about it. I mean, Nikki's speaking. Amazing. Um, all right. Well, listen, I love you. Listen, moms out there, keep rocking it. You know the answers. Stop getting too much advice. Kind of like set your own intentions on who you are, what you stand for, and and all things should fall under that. That's my kind of advice to all the moms out there. Amen. Yeah. You got All right. All right. Bye, Nikki. Bye. Thanks so much for being here. For more information on today's episode, visit my show notes. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review. Now get yourself a snack.